know, I just now realized our call letters, DX to Generation X. How could I not notice that up until today? I want your thoughts on Deshaun Watson getting traded to Cleveland. Well, I guess Baker Mayfield's going to get his wish now. 412-333-WXDX, but here's a story that's tough to talk about. Leah Thomas of Penn became the first transgender athlete to win NCAA Division I championship. She won the 500 meters at the National Swim Finals. Leah was born a man and competes as a woman. She won by 1.75 seconds over a competitor who was born a woman. That's just not fair. And if it continues, it's going to 100% destroy women's sports. But we're not supposed to say that. I'm going to. We're sacrificing fair at the altar of woke. It's not fair, and it makes zero sense. It's not fair, and it makes absolutely zero sense. This isn't hate. It's about fair. I cannot use that word enough. FAIR, F-A-I-R, FAIR, all caps. You can live however you choose and should be respected and embraced for that. But you should compete as you're born. Hey, nobody cares about swimming. What it's going to take is an athlete born as a man dominating the WNBA or women's tennis or playing for the U.S. women's soccer team or playing for another country that defeats the U.S. women's soccer team. Let's see how inclusive Megan Rapino wants to be when somebody born as a man takes her spot on the team. I embrace, fully embrace 100% how Leah Thomas wants to live, but her winning an NCAA swimming championship in the 500 meters is absolutely ruinous. New World Order brought to you by 84 Lumber, your hometown building partner, and by Armstrong, keeping you connected. The Deshaun Watson thing has me 100% thrown for a loop. Snoop a loop. I did not see him changing his mind. I didn't think he'd want to go to Cleveland in the first place, but like I said, this contract. Five years, 230 mil, that is absolutely overwhelming. Now, the next thing is, is Deshaun Watson going to get suspended? Because he got a bunch of real jackpots down there in Houston. It was 22 civil suits as regards sexual misconduct with massage therapists and uh, a number of criminal cases which uh, ultimately were not pursued. Charges were not filed. Now, if you go by my theory that the court should decide eligibility for pro sports, all sports, really, if you're in jail, you can't play. If you're convicted of a felony but not in jail, you can't play. But uh, Ben Roethlisberger got suspended six games later, reduced to four for far less charges well, Ben wasn't charged either, which is why he should not have been suspended. I don't know. If I'm going to be consistent in my opinion, then 
Watson shouldn't be suspended. But Ben was. So, um, I mean, Watson obviously did some very sketchy things. And, you know, the women that uh, filed the complaints, you know, they're to be. I mean, I feel bad, but, you know, nothing got actually charged. I don't know what the status of the civil suits are. I can't imagine they were all settled yet, but this is just an incredible situation. Would it shock you if Watson didn't get suspended at all? Or if he got like a slap on the wrist? I don't know. Ben's the precedent, so I think he has to get six, and they can cut it to four. But I don't know. Let's go to Neil. You're on with Double M. Neil, you're on the air. Hey, uh, uh, hey, Mark. Hey, you know, with, what's going on with the AFC West, and you still got uh, Tennessee, uh, Buffalo, uh, New England, and, 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 of course, the Central here, the Steelers not only have, are going to have an issue this year, but you're, most of those quarterbacks are young and um, with, with pretty good teams. They're going to have trouble for years to come if, uh, you know, they don't get a you know, maybe top-notch quarterback or if Mitch doesn't turn into it. Well, you're right, but I still think they did what they could. And maybe it's their turn to not have a top-notch quarterback because they had a Hall of Famer, you know, for how many years with Ben Roethlisberger. But, yeah, this certainly puts things in disarray for the Steelers because you're right. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, Deshaun Watson is the oldest between Jackson, him, and Burrow, correct? 25 years old, right? I don't I mean I don't want to be quote yeah he's about that it sounds about right and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are all still got uh, you know Kevin San Diego I mean uh, or Los Angeles I'm sorry uh, you know this well is the question is can, can the Steelers find a different way to win can they win with running the ball yeah. in defense uh, that's real hard to do in today's NFL it is but it's possible they can't turn it over got to play good special teams uh, you know, and they got to have a number one defense, a true number one defense. And I don't quite see that with what they have right now. Well, now your best shot is to build a true number one defense. So maybe they do need to go get the Honey Badger. And they uh, may be strong defensive linemen, even if two comes back. Then again, maybe they're just not going to make the playoffs this year. I, I thought that they or were maybe not this for a couple as a two-year process. Let's see what happens. But right now, let me ask you this. Right now, wouldn't you say they're the last-place team in the AFC North? I would say there's a good chance, yes. I mean, games are always played on the field, but on paper, yes. Let me ask you this. Do you think Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, or Deshaun Watson are going to finish last? Unless injury, no. There you go. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Jeremy. Jeremy, you're on with Double M. Good Friday afternoon, Mr. Madden. And to you. Uh, my, my first thought was this with regards to the Pens. Casperi uh, Kapanen is a complete afterthought to play with Sid, and that should speak very loudly to everybody, right? Yeah, K- Kapanen can't play with Sid for sure. I mean, Sid would yeah. hate that. He's just not that kind of player. Yeah, well, I think it speaks, too, that, that Kapanen just can't cut it. I mean, and that's what you've been saying. That's what a lot of people are saying. Well, and you know, you know what? But it's I, not just this year. Here's a guy who's 25 who was a first-round pick uh, in his career high is 20 goals and his second-best season is 13. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, with regards to uh, the potential of maybe trading Geno, probably not going to happen, but to kick it around, 
And I'm going to indict myself before I even start. My time on hold made me think that this is probably a very stupid idea, and you can tell me as such. But anyway, uh, don't, isn't, doesn't it happen sometimes where a player will get traded and then he'll sign back with the team that traded him if he was a free agent? Yeah, they're just not going to trade Geno. But Army makes a good point. If they're not going to get somebody in to help, they, they should trade Geno and Latang. But I think that's Army's way of emphasizing that they need to bring somebody in to help. Right, right, right. Very Thank good. you for the call. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. It's nutty. It's absolutely nutty. Deshaun Watson. Tony tweets, isn't Watson still going to be subject to a suspension with 22 female accusers? Ben got four games with a couple accusers. Yeah, uh, that's right, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I know that they want to drag out the Watson PR problem that much longer. And one thing that the Ben suspension proved here in Pittsburgh, nobody protested that he should have been suspended longer. Nobody thought he should have been thrown off the team. You get some goofy talk show callers and tweeters, you know, who made the usual puns on his name, but nobody got really mad in public because what counts most is the NFL. And that works in Cleveland and in Pittsburgh and with the league office. If I had to guess, he'll get suspended two games. That's my guess. And then we could all bitch here in Pittsburgh. 412-333-WXDX. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. And his drink, smoke pot, figured if he showed up at rehab correct, it gave him a better shot at getting most improved. The X at 105.9. You know who that story I just told's about? Hey, yo. Uh, if you're just doing in, Deshaun Watson changed his mind. He is the new quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Where that leaves Baker Mayfield, I do not know, but uh, that makes no never mind if you're a Browns fan. Giving up three first-round picks to get him. Giving him a five-year fully guaranteed deal worth $230 million. It's either going to make or break the Browns. Either they're going to be real good or it's going to put him in a deep hole. The Steelers have had a very good offseason. But now because of this move, they look like a last-place team. You tell me. Who are they going to beat in that division? They could go 0-6 in the division. 1-5, maybe they find a way to beat Baltimore once. But you've got Jackson, Watson, Burrow, and Trubisky. And that's no knock on Mitch Trubisky or his acquisition or not going out and get one of the superstar quarterbacks. It's just the way things worked out. Sometimes, like with the Penguins, when they let Flurry go to Vegas, you can make exactly the right move, and it doesn't work out. Let's go to Tony. Tony, you're on with Mark. Ahoy, Paloy. Ahoy, Paloy. So, Mark, looking back now that we know that this is going to be a while till the Steelers are competitive, doesn't it make the decision to not franchise Watt look terrible because yeah, by the time they're competitive does. again, that that he's going to be on the backside of his career and that's going to be an albatross around well, there. And, and let me tell you something, too. If the Steelers finished last in the division, and you would agree, Tony, that's a possibility, right? Absolutely. T.J. Watt's going to be bitching and moaning and he's going to want out. You watch. Yeah, and then the second part, Mark, is they can't do anything with Minka now. Signing him long-term is 
inconceivable, if you will. Uh, they have to anyway. franchise him. They're going to do All it right, anyway. We'll see. All right, I'm just thanks, telling Mark. you, they will proceed with business as usual. They won't react to what's happened. And honestly, they're probably better off doing what they do and seeing if it works. But, boy, now the quarterback's in this division compared to Trubisky. And you're going to blame Trubisky. But it won't be his fault that he's not as good as Watson, Jackson, and Burrow. Let's go to Jason. Jason, you're on with Mark. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, do you, do you think that uh, Deshaun is in talks with uh, Progressive for an epic commercial where Mayfield actually hands him the keys to his what he thought was the kingdom? I'm not sure Baker would want to do that. I'm not sure Progressive is going to have a guy who's been accused of what Watson's been accused of be their spokesman either. Just want to throw it out. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you for calling. Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, and Lamar Jackson, all in a division with the Steelers. Yo, that defense that we keep getting told is great, even though it was 20th in points, 24th in yards, and 32nd to run defense last year, we keep getting told that defense is great. T.J. Watts, the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Cam Hayward's great. Mink is great. Well, guess what? When the Steelers play against Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, and Lamar Jackson next year, we're going to see exactly how great everybody really is. Uh, I feel bad that the discussion is veered to football because the Penguin game last night was certainly worthy of discussion. Colby Armstrong kind of talked me off a ledge a bit earlier. I thought the Penguins didn't play very well because they took a bunch of dumb penalties, including those two to begin the game inside of 35 seconds, which actually perversely generated some momentum because they killed off the five on three and went from there. Then again, they went from there to lead 2-0, blow it, tie 2-2, one in the shootout. Oh, my God, wait. Just when the news, the news keeps breaking, hit the countdown clock. Hit the goddamn countdown clock. Juju Smith-Schuster has signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. And the wait is over. Our long that is this Juju posing? Wait. Okay, Field Yates, Juju Smith-Schuster announced he is signing with the Chiefs. It's official. Juju is a Chief, and you're going to see how great he is. And Mahomes is going to make him a star and blah, blah, blah. He'll be a number three receiver there. I can't wait to hear how little money he got. Juju has gone to the Chiefs. All you people, he loved him. He gave you the finger on his way out the door. He never loved this town. He never loved you. He never loved the Steelers. He could have stayed this time, but he didn't. And I'm glad about that. He can go play smash and pass somewhere else. And honestly, Juju, if you're listening, you can go smash yourself. 1059 the X. Oh wait! I was so excited I forgot. The Juju deal is one year, 10.75 million. So somehow he got a raise, which I can't believe. Still one year, still year by year, still on the fringe of the league. Ray Ray McLeod got two years, you know, and got signed before Juju. We got Brian DiArto up next. 
He covers the NFL for CBSSports.com, and I'm giving away two Riverhounds tickets. The Riverhounds at home. Their home opener tomorrow night at Highmark Stadium. Caller number seven right now, like Kenny Dalgleish, King Kenny from Liverpool, gets those two tickets. Caller number seven right now at 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, how you doing? We're all going to rock to the rules I make. Double M, big fan. How you like it now, bitch? DX at 105.9. Crazy happenings in NFL today. Deshaun Watson is going to be a Cleveland Brown. Juju Smith-Schuster is a Kansas City Chief. Joining me now to discuss, he covers the NFL for CBS Sports. He is Brian Diardo. Uh, Brian, let's get the local angle out of the way. Juju got a one-year deal worth $10 million plus with Kansas City. Uh, that's a decent chunk of change, but it really uh, is a short deal. It couldn't be shorter. Yeah, Mark, thanks for having me on the show. And, and yeah, I mean, I think for him, that was – that was a, a slam dunk for him. I know last year he signed with the Steelers one year, $8 million, so he gets almost $3 million more now despite barely playing last year. And I think as Steeler fans know, he, he's not a number one. So he's going to get paid very well for one year to be, you know, essentially the number three in Kansas City because I would consider Kelsey their number one or their number two along with Tyreek Hill. So for him, it's a great deal. Uh, kind of surprised that Ray Ray McLeod got signed before him, but that's kind of the way it goes when you want uh, more money like Juju does. So that was easily the best move for him to make. What do you make of Deshaun Watson reversing fields and going to Kansas City? I just did not see that coming, but I guess he has 230 guaranteed reasons, 230 million, pardon me, guaranteed reasons why. That's it right there. I mean, he was, he was out, and, and similar to Rodgers, uh, I think that Watson's camp floated that out, that, that you know, they weren't interested or that they were going to take the Browns off the table, pretty much saying you've got to come with your best offer. We're not dragging this out any longer. Uh, and, and that's kind of the power of these premier quarterbacks. We saw it with Rodgers, and uh, now we're seeing it with Deshaun Watson. So he pretty much challenged them through the media, through his representatives, you guys need to come strong because I'm getting this done this weekend as soon as possible. He did not want this dragged out any longer. The Browns came strong, and I would imagine that uh, Baker Mayfield's going to get his trade request that he publicly uh, requested earlier this week. So, I mean, a lot of Browns fans, I can tell you just from, from doing a little bit of reading and researching now, very mixed reactions. That being said, I wonder uh, if he's doing well for them, how many of them will come back, the ones that are expressing anger right now with the signing. Well, if I were a Browns fan, I, I would definitely have mixed emotions because that's a lot of money, and you're giving up three first-round draft picks in return. And even though Baker Mayfield probably didn't live up to the promise of being a first pick overall, I'm not sure he should have ever been a first pick overall, and at least he gave them stability. Uh, where, where is he going to wind up? I mean, before this went down, I thought that Seattle would be a great destination. It still could be a really good destination because Seattle has come out today reportedly and said that they want to go kind of the route that the Steelers went, where we would rather have a veteran quarterback than start over with a young guy, which kind of makes me wonder why didn't why weren't they stronger players for Trubisky. But regardless, uh, I think that would still be a good move even with Watson. But my thinking before the Watson signing was, worst case scenario, you trade, you trade Mayfield out of there, you get some good return, relatively speaking, and you potentially could get Drew Locke out of the trade who, honestly, I don't know if he's that much worse than Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is much more established in his career, 
But I don't really know how much worse Drew Locke is, honestly. I'm, I'm not very high on Baker for obvious reasons. Um, but he did bring stability to that team. He did win a playoff game in Pittsburgh. Uh, and so he did certainly do some good things. I still think Seattle's a good move. They certainly want stability there. I think he could fit really well with Pete Carroll and the culture that they have. Plus, they have good weapons, good receivers. Their line is still bad, but now they have offensive uh, or they have draft picks to, to you know, make that happen. So, for me, I think Seattle would be the very easy uh, option for him. Do you anticipate that Deshaun Watson is going to get suspended by the league uh, despite no charges being filed ultimately in, in his uh, sex cases? There is precedent with what happened to Ben Roethlisberger here in Pittsburgh. I mean, that's a great point. I mean, Ben was, was what, it went from six games, he appealed, got it down to, to four games. I, I'm not sure. The reason why I, I'm not sure is because his people are going to argue that he had kind of a self-imposed, you know, one-year suspension last year, which, you know, he, he got paid. And I think I could see financial docking, and at most, like, maybe two games. I don't see a scenario where he's getting – three or four games, even though you could argue that, I mean, 22 civil suits is significant. And I don't want to get into comparing him and Ben and all that stuff, but I would say money, he could potentially be hitting a fine, maybe have to give it to some sort of uh, community or charitable thing, and at most two games. But I don't see that the wrath coming down from the NFL. As you're seeing with teams lining up, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of shocked uh, given the suits, given that he didn't play last year, I'm honestly a little bit shocked that teams are coming as strong as they are. And the Browns gave him the deal that they did. But I guess it just shows you at the end of the day, it's a business. You need to win. They think he's good enough and is worth the money. Where does this leave the Browns? How good will they be immediately, Brian? And uh, what's the pecking order now among teams in the AFC North? Again, another good question. I, I The Browns... I don't, I don't, I, I, and Browns fans will tell you this too. I'm losing confidence in their front office. I, I think they've done some really good things. Uh, I mean, they were a 1 and 32 outfit in, in what, 16, 17. So they've made significant strides. They should be commended for that. Uh, but I think that they've stubbed their toe a little bit here over the last year plus. This Baker thing was handled poorly. The Jarvis Landry situation was handled poorly. I did think it was best to move on from him. They got Amari Cooper for chump change. So that was fine, even though they, may have to absorb that salary, uh, his salary. They need to get that fixed. Uh, their defense is still very spotty. I, I would still put them last in the division, uh, even with Watson. I mean, if wow. Watson was really that good, and I understand it's a team sport, uh, they were awful his last year there, and he had decent weapons. So, and I don't really understand that. I mean, the Steelers handled them when they were there in, in 2020, and he didn't really do anything in that game to really uh, impress me that much. So, I still put them last. A lot of question marks, and I think Stefanski is not a very good offensive play caller, and I think he needs to relinquish those duties to Scott Van Pelt, who called the plays when they beat the Steelers in the wild card game, and I thought that it was a bad decision to move him off play calling duties, but they did, and and that's that. Uh, I would still give Cincinnati the nod. Uh, They obviously were just in the Super Bowl. I like their addition of Hayden Hurst. They've made some really good signings on their offensive line this offseason. A little bit older guys than the Steelers got. And I think the Steelers and the Ravens are, are again, kind of vying for that second spot. Uh, Baltimore really got hurt with uh, Zedaria Smith kind of reversing course. Uh, their offense has a lot of questions. I still think Lamar Jackson needs more help. But if they're healthy, I think they'll still be around. Uh, I mean, I, I really do like what the Steelers have done. They've been very smart. They've made good decisions. And I think that they have a, a good nucleus and a good base. Obviously, I, I don't know what they're doing with strong safety. I know Edmonds is still out there. Uh, but they need to get that resolved. 
Uh, and, you know, obviously they didn't address defensive tackle. That, that seems like something that they're going to hit in the draft, and they'll also, I'm sure, shore up that line. So I kind of think the pecking order really hasn't changed despite all these moves. By the way, you want uh, Alex Van Pelt to, to call the plays. You said Scott Van Pelt. Well, you know, maybe Scott Scott at times uh, Mark might be better than Stefanski, <laughs> but you're right, Alex Van Pelt, Mr. Mr. Pitt Panther. But, yeah, yeah, I'm with hey, you. I'm with you there. Hey, I'd like to see Scott do it. That's why I brought it up. Now, as you mentioned, the Steelers <laughs> did good in free agency, and I like who they got. But the thing is, now Cleveland's made this big move, and Cincinnati and Baltimore did well in free agency, too. It's not like the other teams, the AFC North, stood still while the Steelers got some pretty good guys. No, you're right. You're right. And, and, I, and I, you know, I, the thing I like about what Cincinnati did, they're not doing emotional things. You know, and, and, you know, I know a lot of their, their fans wanted them to keep their tight end, and the Jets gave him a, a, a way too big of an offer, Uzoma, and they were able to get Hayden Hurst, which I thought was great. They haven't really done a lot with their defense. I don't know why on earth they signed Eli Apple. I thought that they actually should have been in the market uh, for a cornerback, but that's probably what they'll address uh, in the second round. But, but, yeah, I mean, just when you look at the entire landscape of the AFC in general, you know, uh, you could say – I honestly don't know if the Bills got a lot better. I mean, Von Miller is still effective, but he's over the hill. I don't think he can provide you that consistent push. But the, the Chargers had a very, very good uh, offseason so far. Um, even though the corner they got, I think, is a little too expensive. Uh, I don't like $80 million for a cornerback. The Raiders, I think, are the, are the big winners. That I think AFC West is going to be ridiculous. It's going to be really hard. But, yeah, as, as you said, uh, I think if there's one team that really hasn't done enough, in my opinion, it is Baltimore. They haven't done anything to address their pass rush. They thought they did with Smith. I still think Jackson needs some more weapons. Uh, and really, in general, they haven't done much with that offensive line either. I know they signed one lineman, but they still haven't. They, they need depth there, like the Steelers have as well. But, but yeah, I, I think the Steelers, you know, I know there were rumblings about potentially Tyron Matthew. I think the question there is the money, and he is pushing 30. I think the interesting thing is, Mark, when you look at the Steelers, you're seeing a lot of these three-year contracts. I don't think that's a coincidence that Mike Tomlin has three years left on his contract. So, you know, you, you might be seeing that kind of come into play where uh, they want younger guys to revive that team, not older veterans, and ride this thing out, potentially at the end of Mike Tomlin's run if he just wants to play out this contract. We're talking to Brian Diardo from CBS Sports here on the Mark Madden Show. Now, uh, you mentioned Tyrone Matthew, and uh, I, I don't know if they're going to get him. I don't know if Joe Hayden's going to come back. I like that they got Miles Jack. Maybe it comes back from injury. Alou, alou. Could the Steelers be a force based on having a great defense? Because they're not too far away from that if, if they make another signing and guys get healthy. But, boy, it's tough to win based on defense in this league. It's, yes, that's a great – yeah, it's very very tough to win on defense in this league. And, and But you did see it. You I mean, you saw it in 2019 where they went 8-8 eight eight with, with, with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. So – and really a, an, offensive, an offense that was one of the worst in recent franchise history. So, yeah, I mean, they can win with, with a dominant defense and, and with a good running game. And I think that's maybe one of the things that attracted them to Mitch Trubisky. And I would advise Steeler fans, if you want, look at the games he had late in the 19th season against Dallas, against Green Bay. Won the Dallas game, lost the Green Bay game. And you see a lot of things in there that probably attracted the Steelers to Trubisky. He, he's, he runs the offense that Matt Canada wants to run. You can just start there. Uh, you know, he's very mobile. He can get a lot of first downs with his legs. Really improvising, to be honest with you. Not a lot of designed runs. Just gets outside and runs. Makes His decision-making can be questionable. His arm strength downfield 
accuracy is questionable. But there's enough there where they can absolutely win with him. He's an upgrade for Mason Rudolph, who I think is going to put up a fight but ultimately lose that battle. Uh, you know, I personally think that they do need to, to shore up that, that safety position with a veteran. I don't really think it's a good idea to have a young guy in that position. Fortunately for the Steelers, there's some really good defensive tackles in this draft. Three of them are out of Georgia. So even if they don't get Jordan Davis, you get Devontae Wyatt, uh, potentially, who had 27 quarterback hits, led the team Georgia with interior tackles last year. So, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of good pieces for them in the draft there. So, yeah, I mean, to your point, uh, there's a lot of good pieces for them on defense. The, the defensive line still does scare me. If you're a Steeler fan, I'd be worried about that. But like I said, the, the they put themselves in position to address that in the first round, in my opinion. Then the second round, you can get you know an offensive lineman, maybe like uh, Darian Kennard out of Kentucky, who's a nasty guy and I think would fit well with the Steelers. Who's going to replace Devontae Adams in Green Bay? And boy, was that a shocker. How's Aaron Rodgers feel about that? Although, really, I think both guys did what was best for them without regard for the other. Yeah, I think it kind of gives you a little bit of insight into their relationship. And and at the same time, too, I mean, Derek Carr and Adams played together when they were younger. I believe they were high school teammates, so there was some a little bit there. But, you know, the interesting thing is it, it kind of reminded me of when, when A.B. left. And everybody's asking, you know, who can replace him? I think for them, receiver by committee, I think, is probably the route that, that they're going to go. And, you know, there's guys out there, Julio Jones, Jarvis Landry. Juju's gone now, but, you know, Will Fuller. Robert Woods would be the guy that I would try to go for. If I was Green Bay, I would be placing a call to Les Need, seeing if you can get a, a trade for Robert Woods. Uh, similar to the Steelers needing a D-tackle for the Packers, getting those draft picks in that trade is huge for them. They've got four picks at, in the first 60 picks, and they might draft two receivers, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they went and did that. This is a team that just went to, you know, well, two NFC Championship games, took a step back last year, but their roster's pretty much set. They do need to replace Smith, but they didn't have him most of last year. So I think they're going to look into the rookie market. They'll get, I think they'll get one veteran and maybe one or two rookies, but it's going to be a committee thing. And, and you know, when, when the Packers beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl, you know, yeah, Jordy Nelson was good. Greg Jennings was good, but those guys aren't Hall of Famers. So, honestly, I do think that Rodgers might be better when teams can't take away his primary weapon. And I think that's the bet that Rodgers is taking. That's the bet that Green Bay's taking. Are the quarterbacks ever going to stop moving, Brian? That used to be the one guy who would stay. But now all the quarterbacks are switching teams. I've never seen anything like it. I think it just, it just shows you the, the importance of the quarterback position in, in today's league. I mean, you can't hit guys anymore. Quarterbacks are playing longer. You know, I'll be honest. I, <laughs> I'll be surprised if the Russell Wilson thing works out. I, I honestly think he's, he's regressed, in my opinion. I think... He's taken a lot of shots, and similar to Ben Roethlisberger, you can get him a better line later in his career, but you can't take those hits back. And I think that's one of the reasons why Ben couldn't play longer. I think the guy kept himself in good shape near the end. He just, you know, he couldn't move anymore, and a lot of that was the, you know, accruing of punishment. And I think Rod, or, or Wilson's already taken a lot of them, but uh, I don't know. If I don't think this will set a, a major trend, to be honest. I think moving forward, you will see more movement than the accustomed fan of years past is used to. But I think this was kind of an unprecedented year, given a lot of the quarterbacks that have recently retired and the ones that are coming up and the ones whose contracts were, were kind of in flux. So, no, I, I think that, that, that you will see more, but this is just kind of one of those uh, odd years. And, 
you know, give the Steelers at least some credit. I know some fans are mixed on the Trubisky thing, but at least they got the best guy in free agency to give them some sort of starting point. I think any expectation they were going to get a stud to replace Ben right away was probably unrealistic. Yeah, I like the Trubisky signing. I think it gave them some financial flexibility, which enabled them to make the other ads that they did. Uh, but, but staying with quarterback, where are the quarterbacks going to go in the draft? And do you see Pickett and Willis as legit first-rounders or first-rounders this year because it's a bad crop? So I, the Colts have to take a quarterback. They, they have to take one, uh, obviously. And, and, you know, they were – and I, it seems like I could potentially see a Garoppolo trade, but I think at this point now the waters have calmed. That's going to be a draft situation. So, you know, the Colts are, are clearly a team that need to get a quarterback. I wouldn't be totally shocked if the Titans didn't because I think it's clear what you have in Tannehill. I know Steeler fans saw that, you know, uh, you know, firsthand, went late in the, in the 21 season, played well, and played bad in the Steelers won. So I think that would be a team I would look out for, too. In terms of the quarterbacks, I, I think that, that, that Pickett's a legit first-rounder. I, I think the interesting thing is, you know, you ask a lot of fans of college fan bases, that watch their teams by the end, they have a good idea of whether or not the quarterback's good. You ask a UC fan how good Ritter is, they'll say he's not very good. Pitt fans is interesting. I, I can't get one Pitt fan to tell me whether they love Pickett or whether they're not sure. And I think a lot of it is kind of stagnated and then had that major year uh, last year. And from what I see in Pickett, he's certainly more ready to play than Willis. Willis would certainly be a project. Really good athletic skills. Seems like he's got a really good demeanor, good intangibles. I don't think he sees the field that great. I think the speed of the game would overwhelm him, overwhelm him way too much in year one. I think Pickett on a good team could do really well. I think he would do great with the Colts. With that running game they have, that offensive line, the defense isn't great, but it's good enough to win. I think Indianapolis would be an awesome spot for him. Uh, again, he would need some help. Uh, he, he does make some erratic throws. He gets himself in trouble sometimes, but I like his moxie. Uh, he's certainly mobile enough. They create a rule after him, crying out loud. So I think he's a legit first-rounder, and I think he's the best quarterback in this draft. And, uh, and, and he won't be, I don't think, going to Pittsburgh, obviously, but I think he'll do well somewhere else. Finally, Brian, are the Steelers a playoff team right now after all that's happened? The last time we talked, and I was on your show, I batted two for three. I said the Steelers would have nine wins. I said the Carolina Panthers would tank, and I said the Bengals would do more than eight wins. So I, I whipped real bad on Cincinnati. So we'll see if I can keep my average up. I'll say they're a playoff team. I'll say they're a playoff team, but I still think that, like, at most 11 wins is, is the bar, 11 and 6, which could win that division possibly. Uh, and I think, I think that they could at least shoot for nine again. I, that division has just gotten a lot harder. As well as they – and as you said earlier on, you know, earlier – as well as they've done in the offseason, the rest of the division got better too. So, you know, and, and we don't know with Watson how well he's going to fit there and if they're going to get the other pieces there to help him, particularly at receiver. Their receiving core right now is the worst in the division by far, and they need more pieces on their defense. Uh, so, yeah, I think given everything I'm seeing, given their schedule, if Brady stayed retired, that would have been a win against Tampa. Now not so much. But I still think 9-11 to 11 wins, and I think if you bet wow. 9 uh, I think that that would be a good bet to take. 11 wins. That's the bar at most. <laughs> at most. If things go their way, if that, if, if, and health is a huge thing. I'm assuming Alulu returns. I'm assuming Tuit returns to form. I'm assuming they draft a defensive tackle. You're assuming in the first an round. awful lot, Brian. 
I'm assuming an awful lot. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, th- hey, you know what? I'm going to go under nine, and we'll talk about it again, and, and that's good radio. Brian, as always, great content, and thank you for the time. Hey, thanks, Mark. Anytime. That's Brian DiArdo. Covers the NFL for CBSSports.com. Okay, no more guests, so call. Deshaun Watson to Cleveland. Juju Smith-Schuster to Kansas City. I have a special bonus farewell to Juju haiku. We'll have that in just a little bit here on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. So, uh, what's happening? He's a little guy. Huh? What? I'd love to get the balls to say what you want to say. Very good point. The X at 105.9. Get it in your mind. Get it up front. When Ric Flair's around, when Dusty Rhodes is around, when Mulligan or Wyndham or Rotundo, when any of us are around, we're going to do our best to see fit that you understand what this great sport's all about. In other words, we're going to take it to you any way we can. Uh, I'm doing something I never do on the air. I'm having a drink. I'm having a Tito's and Diet Coke. Since I don't do caffeine, I'm going up, I'm going down. It's kind of like what Jimmy Page called the subtle blend, although at a much less pharmaceutical level. I don't know what to say about what's happened. I hope you do. I hope you're willing to talk about it. The Browns got Deshaun Watson. The Steelers had this great offseason, and it feels like the Browns have blown it up by getting Deshaun Watson. It feels like the Browns have negated the optimism of our Mitch Trubisky by getting Deshaun Watson because Trubisky's now clearly fourth of the quarterbacks in the AFC North, although he might have been that anyway. Deshaun Watson, 230 mil all guaranteed, baby. Five-year deal. Browns give up three first-round picks, although we don't know the exact nature of the deal, but we've heard three first-round picks. Baker Mayfield is obviously going to leave now, but we're told he's not part of the deal going back to Houston. Where does this leave the Steelers? Brian DiArdo from CBS Sports said he still thinks the Browns will finish last with Deshaun Watson, and he pointed out that Watson struggled to win in Houston And he had some pretty good offensive weapons, including DeAndre Hopkins. But where does this move of Deshaun Watson to Cleveland leave the Steelers? And and Brian DeArdo was right. The Browns totally mangled the Mayfield thing. And this deal might not wind up being all it's cracked up to be, despite Watson's obvious talents. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is now an ex-Steeler, to which I can only say, nah, nah, nah. Nah, nah, nah. Hey, hey. Goodbye. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, nah, nah. Hey, hey. Goodbye. I know a lot of you think Juju Smith-Schuster is like a Steeler Hall of Famer. All he is is another guy who came to town and never won a playoff game. I got to say is it's not a bad deal for him. He's getting 10.75 mil for one year, which is a raise from last year, which seems to me to be inexplicable given that he barely played last year because of the shoulder injury. But it's not a bad deal for him. He's on a good team. He's clearly the number three target in Kansas City behind Kelsey and Tyree Kill. That said, Juju operates best when they're covering somebody else, which will obviously be the case there. That said... When you're a 25-year-old player and you're getting 
a second-round draft pick is what Juju also was, and uh, you're only getting one-year contracts, something's gone a little bit wrong. Something's gone a little bit wrong. But the bottom line is, Juju can go to Kansas City. He might excel, but he's gone. He left behind you who he said so much he loved last year. He said he loved you and he left you. I bet that's happened to you before many times in your life, but that's the fact. Juju said he loved you and he left you. And I have a special haiku to commemorate just that, just around the corner. We got Patrick on hold. We'll get them in a minute. I want your calls. I'm drinking. That's all you need to know. I'm drinking. Tito's and Diet Coke. Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Juju, goodbye. 105.9 The X.